0: So you have to start, Becky.
1: Oh, I do <laughs> are we starting? Okay, ready? <laughs> Don't yeah. make me giggle. are and welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. I'm here today with my wonderful brother and sister, Shy. In a rare occurrence, I will ask, how are you doing? Oh, you're chewing. Forget it. Lily, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. <laughs> Mr. Shy. Pretty good. Um, I would
0: say like not doing very well in terms of like the consuming shows this week Except shy got, got me. You to pick in, it up, Lil. Yeah, I'm just. I had like two under the weather kids, and um, but I like. It's been a rough week for many, you know, global reasons and at home reasons, and I feel like um, I'm not going to say that shy gets an I told you show, which is a term Robin that we it's use. It's the highest
2: um, highest award you. It's the Nobel
0: Peace Prize of
2: Friday this Night Movie,
0: and so. <laughs> So I'm not ready to do it yet, but it's getting close because uh, I think crazy ex-girlfriend got me through this like shit week. So um, that was that's pretty much what I've been consuming. But my mom-in-law did come to visit us after a year and a half of not seeing us or meeting our new baby and meeting my and seeing my other kids so that was pretty exciting
2: wait 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 and after what like 2 years of your son not having cut his hair your other son Yeah my
0: my hair. older son a 5 year old had not cut his hair in a year and a half <laughs> So, oh,
2: it's, sig- is- it's
1: significant because she's a hairdresser. She's
2: a hairdresser. She's
1: sorry. A renowned hairdresser. A, hairdresser. And so, a renowned hairdresser
0: of Pueblo. her like Pueblo in, in Extremadura, Spain. And so she came and um cut his hair. So that was pretty exciting and like makes delicious croquetas. So. So it's a big it's week amazing. for you. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a big week. Lots of up and downs.
2: But
1: Shy, are you week. OK? How you doing? I just I'm want to doing, quickly I, ask. I, I, you know, I miss her.
2: you, Beck. Beck. Becky has been living next door to me since February. And she has gone on her first family vacation. I would like it noted before my family has been on a vacation since we've lived here. Becky has gone on her first family vacation, and this is my first family vacation doorbell, since
1: before my daughter was born.
2: The, the my doorbell. Daughter. The doorbell rang this morning at some point, and my kids just assumed it was Becky's whole family. You'd never seen how disappointed they were when it was just their own mother. <laughs> I I can tell you, had, they
1: stopped looking so enthusiastic when we turn up. No, no, they hours. were,
2: they were. They, last night, by last night, they were like, why can't we go over to the Cousins? Where are the Cousins? Good,
1: good. We got we to gotta uh-huh. make them, you know, want it uh-huh. again. So I would um, say okay, so I,
2: we miss you very good. much already. That's the main. All right.
1: Idea. So I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. We have with us a, uh, a, a colleague of mine, a friend of mine. Robin Kopp is with us today. She is a documentary producer. She's currently producing a 40-part documentary series on... Healthcare and well-being um she has worked on such acclaimed films as an inconvenient sequel truth to power audrey and daisy she works for the and with she works with the the same filmmakers who also recently just just um just put out athlete a on netflix so uh we are very lucky to have robin here um with us welcome robin how you doing hi becky I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you. Thanks. I'm okay. So I'm so excited you're here. Before we dive into our topic of the day, which is uh, we're gonna talk about one film in particular. I wanted to ask you first a few questions about just film and filmmaking. But in particular, I'm curious for you, because I've stopped working on films and you know, in the producing capacity in the last couple of years. And I'm wondering for you, what is it in like making Films during COVID?
3: Um, It has made, well, I would say in general, it has made a sort of complicated and intense process that much more complicated and that much more (laughs) intense. Oh, uh, so it didn't make it easier. Okay. Surprisingly, no, it did not become easier. Uh, with documentary filming, too, filmmaking, too, like you're entering real people's lives and you're asking them to like let you in their home or, you know, film them doing something with their family or, tell you about who they are as people and you're not paying them. So already the ask is is, <laughs> it's kind of intense. And then to add on top of that, like, well we. We would need you to get tested and you know are you comfortable not wearing a mask and when the camera's on and then putting a mask back on when the camera's off like it definitely um the positive i guess was that it did foster some intimacy straight up you know quickly in the process um to have those conversations with people you know so it was stressful it was hard I'm not gonna lie
1: but okay, well we
3: made it happen
1: as you always do, which is one of the things that makes you such a, a successful producer. Um, and I'm wondering, so I, you were telling me before a little bit, I mean, we you have the big healthcare project going on, which will hopefully be released maybe in a year or so. We'll see, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But you were mentioning another project that you're involved with, which ties into our topic of the day. We're going to be talking about one of the uh, big Oscar films of this year, Promising Young Woman, which the three of us have been holding off talking about, um, and we're really excited to do it today. What was the, can you tell us a little about the other project you had mentioned before that you have going on?
4: Yeah, so the company I work for, Actual Films work with, um, we are creating the documentary film content for a museum exhibit, um, a museum that hopefully will open in 2022 in San Francisco called the Courage Museum. And the museum is being created by Futures Without Violence, um, which is a national nonprofit that advocates for mostly mostly gender violence, violence against women and children, specifically, you know, um, underresourced women, women of color, low-income women, um, and they are creating this incredible immersive museum that will hopefully cater to high school age kids and take kids through sort of. Um, a different vision for a future without violence and what would that look like and what does violence and trauma do to the brain, do to the, your biology, um, how are assailants born, you know, violence is not necessarily, um, you're not born to be violent, we, we believe that you're born to be good um, and that certain things happen in, in the lifespan that can influence you one way or another and so the exhibit that we're working on is called Empathy Mirrors and it's really about telling the stories of eight to 12 different survivors of different types of violence. Basically the experience will be that you go and you sit in front of the screen that is sort of shaped like a mirror and you'll see your reflection and then a storyteller will emerge and it'll feel like they're talking right to you just because of the way we're shooting them and we're shooting them with a sort of one-to-one ratio and they will tell you a story of surviving some type of violence, um, sexual violence, domestic violence. Uh, we have a story about, you know, a foster kid that was, um, and you know, sex trafficked. Um, We're gonna be talking about state violence, so police brutality. Um, And so you'll have this interaction after the storyteller tells you their story. And so there's some like AI in technology that we don't really know what it's gonna be, but like you'll be able to ask questions to the storyteller and they can respond in real time. Wow. Um, So yeah, so we are working on that. That's incredible.
1: That's incredible and I I, am, Not surprised that you and and the team over there is doing something that, um, that important. Not surprised at all. You guys do big stories, important ones. And could I ask if is this something
0: that you think would be able to travel at some point, or is it only yeah. San Francisco?
3: So the the hope is that the museum will have a digital platform as well, so that kids all over the country, all over the world, can access a lot of the content um, and perhaps perhaps there's curriculum that teachers in different parts of the country can like use into their lesson plans and the empathy mirrors themselves as physical sort of exhibits. I mean, the content could travel, but the mirrors themselves could be a traveling exhibit. So we're also Mm -hmm. looking around to like having them literally travel around the country and having people go just to experience Mm -hmm. the mirrors. So yeah. Yeah. It's exciting.
2: This is an amazing amazing idea. My wife uh, works in, um, uh, sexual assault prevention on campus that's been her job for the better mm-hmm. part of the last decade and one of the biggest things she feels like she's learned in this job and this journey she's been on is how important the education has to start before people are at college mm-hmm. and she does us a little bit of work um, as part of her work with a few schools like a few k-12 through schools and uh, something we talk about a lot in our family about how much if we really want to you know prevent call, you know, prevent assault on campus, how much work has to be done at this level. So this is an amazing, amazing,
0: especially if you could travel and working
2: stuff. On. And, yeah, and again, I, I'm amazing. not really speaking for people in the field or even speaking for my wife, but I know how important teaching those ages, what you're teaching is going to do in the long run. So thank you for, for, for working on it. This is amazing.
3: Uh-huh. So, Thanks for letting me talk about it.
2: Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. it.
1: Well, I'm excited to hear your thoughts and opinions on pretty much anything that has to do with movies and television and media in general, Robin and I have had many conversations about these things when we were, when we were working together. When we were supposed uh,
3: to be working, but we were actually just, be, just yeah. <laughs> Listen, spending the, the first two hours of the day talking about what we've been binging that week. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> very, I miss those. Very
0: true. Creative brainstorming. I, it was immediate. Yeah. It was a like, right process. Up
1: with, yeah. We're keeping up with like industry news. There we go. Keeping our analytical brains sharp. So, um, in, uh, right. So keeping, keeping with that, we are Lily, Lily. Yes. I'm going to hand it over to you now. Okay. So we, you know, for a long time, I was the
0: first of the three of us to see this movie. And I, you know, this is not a movie. I think that you can just gloss over on a quick, like, oh, I recommend this to you. This movie deserves (laughs) a deep dive. And so, um, I'm really excited to, to be able to talk about it with everybody today and especially to have you as a guest for your input and, um, it's exciting. So tackling the topic of promising young woman, I just want to quickly go around, starting with you, Robin, like 30 seconds, a minute. What, you know, what did you think of the movie?
3: So, I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I love it. Okay, so film. two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yes. Um, I um, gosh, it's kind of hard to know where to start. I, I rewatched it last night in anticipation of this because I had seen it months and months ago, and so I wanted what an it to awesome be a guest. You're
2: like you're like busy making important movies, and you're like I'll rewatch this movie for this podcast, Robin. You're already a better guest than Becky and Lily. You can come back whenever you want.
3: Well, it is like such an awesome movie to rewatch too, because they're, the detail, the production design, the costumes, all the choices, Absolutely. like the aesthetic. Sorry. I mean, mm-hmm. the film is just dripping with um, sort of visual nuance that I think it's just, it's, it's, it's like walking in a candy store literally at times. And you're just like, what, what do I talk about first? Um, and then the acting and the writing is just like incredible top-notch. Um, and then it makes me feel things that I it was happy to feel. surprised, disgust, uh, fear, anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my emotional experience watching this film was different to almost any film I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, because I and I think a lot of women and maybe men, but a lot of women, a lot of my friends see this film and it triggers a lot. I mean, it's like, maybe you haven't been assaulted per se, but the situations that she puts herself in, um, without, we all know someone who has, yeah. And you, you know, want, then you know, someone who has been so, and it just like, yeah. wow, you know, um, really put me back into some situations I had gone through and just, that scene, that vibe, that slippery moment where, you know, you can see somebody making a choice for somebody else, um, when they lose the ability to, you know, give consent. Um, so yeah, I, I love the film in so many ways. I I think I was a little unsatisfied with it when I watched it the first time Mm -hmm. and I don't, I didn't really know why. I don't know if I still know why. And so I'm, excited to talk about it the ending and i i bet you
0: will tease it out i bet like yeah. i think like talking about it helps because that i mean i loved it and i needed to talk about it after a lot and i like exhausted my husband on the subject <laughs> and then i was like okay i need new people to talk about this with and, yeah and so i think it, that's necessary and shine back your guys thoughts quick thoughts on the movie overall um, just so people I, know who you're
1: coming at i feel like I was so scared to watch it. I was very, I held off watching it for a long time because I was very nervous about well how triggering triggering will it be? And what is so brilliant for to me about the film is that it's constructed in a way all the things Robin was talking about, right? All the the everything in the mise-en-scène is constructed in such a way that it's heightened just enough to feel like a caricature. So I'm able it's like the spoonful of sugar, right? I'm able to watch this story and because I can process it through this very specific That's really lens. That's really so that for me was the the relief when I watched it. Um, yeah, and and what made it so brilliant and and yeah. Shy. Shy. I?
2: I loved this movie. I love this movie. I think this movie is brilliant, amazing. Um, and I'm gonna echo everything you're saying. I I'm gonna be because our show is sometimes funny, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of take this to a weird place first, which was I didn't know what this movie was about. And so I remember when you were saying <laughs> this movie, I was know. like, They made another little women remake. Didn't I just watch this with my kids? It was awesome. They need to make another one. This is definitely for anyone who's curious, not, not for a little kids. not a well, sequel Becky to Little Women. You.
0: Becky texted you, do not watch this with your kids, like it, in case you're confused.
2: It, this is not a sequel to Little Women. Um and what I what I loved about this movie is what it. Then I realized what it was about. But it's also not revenge porn. And I think even the the um, the poster leads you to believe it might be. And, and, and I think this is, not, I love horror comedy and you know I'll watch like these sort of like her insane kind of splatter movies and, and we've talked a lot about the Tarantino kind of revenge porn that he makes and, and this really isn't that. Um, I, I, I venture to say, now this is like my hot take, this is almost one of the best superhero vigilante movies I have ever seen because yeah, here we have yeah. this, like you said, this like color palette that's almost like it feels like a graphic novel. Um, You have these characters that are caricatures, but then awesomely real. And then you also have a protagonist that has a code, and we'll get into it later, but I kept thinking throughout this movie being like, it it kept reminding me of, she kept reminding me of Batman in a way. Like there was a system to what was happening And watching that be applied and watching the rules be applied for what she was doing to me was part of what made this story so enriching because there is a ton of nuance to this character. This is not someone who is coming out and just has a list of people that they're knocking off. This isn't frankly like John Wick, right? not Arya. Uh, um no. or Aria or, or you know, um, or John a, Wick, which is comparison. like a movie that I That's know people really like John Wick, and I really don't like the John Wick movies. I like I think they are I think it's weird how much people like like and I don't, and I love a violent movie, but this is like so, so to, to me everything about what I just said was part of what made a really cool movie about a really important subject like play on this whole other level which was, again, I...
0: and And you bring up a good point because you can have, like, a Kill Bill and that, like, extraordinary feminine power getting revenge in a movie like that. And I think this movie shows you, you can have that extraordinary feminine power and... There's almost no violence in the. There, movie. There's
2: almost no violence in the movie, and, and I, I sort and I of expected key, it to that's be like very
0: surprised. I think when you go into seeing the movie, even if mm-hmm. you know a little bit what's about, you're really surprised that there's no. I, I
2: violence, thought I, for really. some reason, well, went into there is well, just, it.
0: there is physical violence. They, there they, is, they save it. There's or,
2: violence, but it's, it's not like that. But it's um,
0: not a like Kill Bill like yeah not a, yeah an, right. R and exactly. So anyways, and you know, anyways, yeah. So all in
2: all, this is one of the best movies I saw. Reasonably.
0: right so yeah so so just to I, w- I wanted to dig into four when i wrote the outline and i just there's so much to talk about so i divided it into four kind of groups color casting soundtrack um and i think shy I guess you or i did i didn't remember i don't maybe you added ending uh shy to that to those four things and so the question i ask is that um the color palette is obviously pastel Mm-hmm. Easter her manicure is like an Easter you know parade um she does and, this. right with yeah, her fingers um,
1: okay.
0: uh, and the uh, the blonde hair is included in that and her like beautiful extraordinary you know blonde uh hair and then the the color palette changes throughout the film as Red is introduced more and more and more. And then it ends with the stilettos. I think like that's a culmination of the wig the like messy rainbow wig. And then the stiletto shot. Right. And so I think color is obviously very important. The movie is extremely precise with its use of every detail, especially color. So what do you think
3: the color is telling us about the story?
4: Like if you like to go first.
3: Yeah. I mean, I was so taken with her hair the second time I watched it. Like, I could right. not tear my eyes away because it is like this. Um, I was obsessed with Sleeping Beauty when I was a kid. It was my favorite Disney movie. Um, not the most empowering film for a young woman to be, <laughs> um, where oh, the dicey main...
0: on the consent front, but yeah, yeah.
3: But that is she has Aurora hair. Like, it is yeah, like right. Disney prince. It's princess hair. hair. You're it is, right. princess, but it's, no, but it's very specifically Aurora hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think it it was mesmerizing in its, in what she she is playing with, and the director, by she, I think I mean Emerald Farrell, who is, you know, who I had also been introduced this year. You guys watched The Crown, I imagine?
0: I, I have, No, I've only seen the part of the first season. Oh my
3: God, okay. But she well, plays
0: Camilla, right? Yes,
3: yes, to great and effect. She,
0: and she's showrunner on Killing Eve season two, which is yeah, insane. Yeah, she's like, a badass.
3: talented, multi-talented. Yes, but what she was doing with the hair and the color palette, yeah. um, I think, well, of course, I think there's the obvious reading, which I think is also true, which is that we are being brought in a little bit into the mirage or the act and so the film in and of itself has all these layers of artifice and the character has layers of artifice and there's always that moment in her interactions with people as she's going about her revenge or her vengeance or however we want to call it where there's a turn right and the turn is like uh shocking even though it's not a violent turn it's usually her voice changes, her demeanor changes. She suddenly mm-hmm. becomes real. She suddenly is like looking you in the eye. She changes the subject. I mean, when she's at that table with Alison and Brie and like, yeah. you know, the turn happens. And I think there's something that it's like a poisonous, beautiful plant that you're attracted to because of the vibrant colors. And you're like very seduced by it and you get in closer and closer and closer and then it kills you or it like- <sighs> you right. know there's so something a,
0: that's a wow that's a really yeah right. well, there, that's a there's really definitely through color and the hair a, yeah. hype, a, a stylized like hyper femininity yeah to her but she's not but she weaponizes it yeah to her to her use like for when she needs it and and it's also a mask it, it's like the facade that she wears because underneath that she's doing something else something else is going on
3: And then I think there's a deeper layer of like the assault to Nina happened seven years, I think, prior to the events Mm -hmm. in the film. And she's in an arrested state of life. She has not moved on. Yeah,
1: right. So
3: I think a little bit is a communication of like she's a little bit stuck in that early 20s. She's stuck in some developmental period and she hasn't Mm -hmm. moved on. And so the world is moving on around her, but she is still somehow well, like you know imprisoned you know and so then
1: way. more to that so then on that point you have if we open it up to, to think about production design very specifically the way the parents house is mm. the, the set dressing for it right mm-hmm. so the props the sets the colors everything in there shows I mean it's so frozen in some weird it's it, the the style of it is so bizarre it's like it mimics or it's like mirroring how detached from reality the mother is like the mother is is i mean and, i think and, she's quite detached from what's happening with her daughter and with with reality and the design of the whole house, whole world yeah yeah of course Rose, like it's, yeah it's, it's it's like this dollhouse that they're both living in that mm-hmm. they're playing normal life in but clearly life is not normal frozen and
0: also hyper feminine like the house is does it's like to the point where the pink yeah the pink and the gold and the drapery it's like oozing this femininity that is gets to the point where it's like creepy (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and you're not really sure what what it represents or what it stands for it 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 like kind of rubs you the wrong way it just it
1: just shows like this this detachment from the real world
0: um I know. okay. And now I, I'm curious what you know, it's especially Shy's point of view too about casting. Um, like what I'm just gonna quickly say when I was watching the movie, I was annoyed that about the casting, and I was like, I gotta talk to Becky about this. Like, I don't understand why this like amazing writer-director is yeah. then you know gets this incredible script and then casts a bunch of guys that we all know. She got Carrie Mulligan, who's like a powerhouse, and then all these other dudes that we know who play like awesome guys on all these shows and now they're supposed to be like the bros or the dudes and then i'm like and then i'm like like, oh yeah
2: okay so i think i think (laughs) i think casting is one of the strongest parts of this movie i think like every single person it it took me a beat though when i was watching
0: it to like pick up on that i i think that because it annoyed me at first
2: i think that each of the so adam brody and christopher mens platts aka mclovin who are the first two predators that you meet in the movie Um, um, I've seen them play because I've seen enough of their stuff that I've seen them play darker characters. Mm -hmm. And so I see them as actors who are capable of doing that. So for me... What there was like this other layer of the fact that I was like, oh, Adam Brody's being the nice guy in the bar, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just watched this movie, I just watched this movie, The Kid Detective, he's not the bad guy, he's the good guy, but he's a darker character in that movie, and I'm like, yeah, but he can also play dark, so there's this tension of like, And the one with the
0: wedding, where then they kill everyone.
3: Ready or not, oh my god. Ready or not. Oh, right, and ready or not. Love that movie. Right, he's kind of a dick in that movie. That's one of my
2: favorite, favorite movies. But then kind of good. And and that movie is sort of Uh like, the opposite of this movie in so many ways oh yeah Uh, um but i love 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 that movie
3: movie. that's Uh, a great movie yes. yes
2: and he um so so i think those were great messages i think part of what is so great about this movie is that it it goes right at those types of guys and that that this idea that reputation or what people see on the outside isn't the only thing that still there are choices whether they are premeditated or not premeditated, which I think is like unclear with Adam Brody's character. Um like that's a question I have is do we think Adam Brody was premeditated or do we think he kind of
1: well he didn't get an opportunity did
2: he decide once he got her in the car right yes Um,
0: right exactly like not premeditated to the point where he drugged her got her drunk but he took the opportunity
2: and and i think this goes now because of that this now goes on my list of so i have a list of movies that i think are like Probably not right for like a younger kid's age, like a tween or a teenager's age. And I, I don't know if I'll show these to my kids, but I, there's a list of movies that I wanna, I want younger kids to see, not not like my nine-year-old, but like I would say bar and but mitzvah age kids to see with a parent talking, you know, with a conversation about them. And my list has for a long time been Traffic, Midnight Express uh schindler's list i added this year i am not your negro and then this movie now those are four movies that i feel like i want someone when they are too young to see it to see it with an adult who's going to have a conversation with them about it because don't do
0: drugs don't assault anyone don't be racist (laughs)
2: Yeah, and under and and also under uh...
0: (laughs) kids you got it
2: (laughs) well yeah and 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 also to push past the next level of what the obvious good behavior is, right? Like, to, but push... I think,
0: right. That's what the exactly, because it's very obvious in a movie when there's a bad guy or what's right or wrong. And I think by casting these guys in general, they're
1: non-threatening. I think the point is that what, regardless of whatever right. roles they've played, when you see McLovin, he's not threatening. Oh, he's so you know? weak and be... he's such a loser. Right, that
2: you're not but worried. I, still and a the, I think
0: it's crucial. You're not worried that right. she's get, he's gonna kill her or you know harm her physically and at, to the point where she you know would be in like a very very dangerous situation. It's that that fine line where she put herself in a dangerous situation, of course, but she's totally in control because someone like that, in quotes, you know, won't hurt her. But someone like that could ruin her life
2: perfectly and let me also well. add. i mean
0: i mean he could yeah, hurt be her, like but weapon i think the,
2: the, let me also no, add, but
0: like you know, i think i think the he, i think all of those guys reactions of get out get out like you know how could you do this to me i'm being violated that. right like yeah. they act like you know like right, they, they she, get on the defense right,
2: right on like purpose like there's entrapment when if, there's a cop but then there's like things that like you're not being entrapped if you're if you're doing this well i think
1: i think the point Lily. i feel like the point maybe you're trying to to get to is that the the casting choice and the the those scenes it's all it's about targeting a very specific type of predator there are lots of different types of predators but this is the one that you don't you don't suspect this is the one that you look at them and you say you're not threatening you're not harmful sorry (sighs) Uh,
2: so so let me add a couple things number one is sam richardson was actually more than the other characters because i i love sam richardson but he's right. the first one that's acting like very macho in the movie. And my notes were like, I don't know how I feel about if I buy Sam Richardson as a misogynist. He always plays these like super nice, polite like, guys, even in the Detroiters. Buffoonie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a the a buffoonie, buffoonie brother. brother. He's um, the guy
3: from Veep, right? Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. He's yeah. That so good.
1: He's so uh, good.
2: Um, it, it, and so I, I think that, I think that like they, the other thing that also like this comes back to, and this uh, can I, if I can, I can segue into the part about her code is that it does, it also sends a message to the movie, although I'm not sure what you think about this. It all, the, the choices people make at every step really do matter. And the way she reacts to the different men does influence how, how, how she how she enacts her retribution against them. I don't we don't know what happens to Adam Brody, but I'm pretty sure the mark that goes in the book is with a red pet. And when she's with McLovin, I, I, when, when she goes with McLovin, she says, she says, um, uh, she says, at least, you know, you woke me up right and so
0: but, uh, 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 my, i understood the colors though as a severity of their actions
2: may, may, maybe but either way that's
0: how i read it
2: either way I, I i feel like part of the really part of what is also really interesting about each of these characters is that ultimately the behavior the thing that they did is really bad but also the choices they make the intention they have like it, Kind of explore a little bit about that and her reaction to them accordingly, right? Like, she's has this list of she's a vigilante at the beginning, like I said, like I see her as Batman at the beginning. She's not looking for Al Monroe, as far as I can tell. She's not, no, she's just, I'm gonna go out she's and I'm going to either pray. scare or punish men who behave this way. And then when she finds out she has a chance to enact her revenge, then it kind of goes to this next level. But then within that, all the people. The punishments vary based on their role really and true. their reaction. And I'm not saying her code is the code for the world, but I think it, 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 it does to me send a message that it's black or white whether you did the bad thing or whether you were a bystander or whether the thing happened. So you're not getting away with not feeling guilty or punished, right? But everything else you do also matters, right? Like if you have a chance to admit something happened and not pretend nothing happened like Alison Bree, maybe that situation unfolds differently, right? Well, she As,
3: well. yeah, she gives she gives everybody the opportunity to say that they remembered Nina. Yeah. And if you don't right. remember Nina or you kind of act like, Oh yeah, whatever Nina um there's a certain okay we're going down that path there's like oh, strike one strike
0: against, one yeah, right but
3: the uh, alfred molina that's the turning point right because yeah. he remembers her and it's actually his actions he, have driven him to the point of, of re- extreme remorse
0: yeah. Extreme, yeah extreme remorse and and it tried to and i don't know if this is a good comparison to batman or any other vigilante but what, what also what you're saying robin Like, and I don't know if you guys see it this way, but it it starts kind of very controlled. Like someone who has an obsession or an addiction or or living like from a, in a stunted way from a past trauma, like you mentioned at the beginning, Robin. And then when she has the opportunity with with the Al Monroe thing, it's sort of like is irresistible, but it escalates until the final end, which we'll get to. And it slowly starts to escalate, but her code... Pretty much remains intact up until the end when she gives Allison Bree and Connie Britton, the, the dean of the school, and Molina an opportunity
1: to express remorse or regret. And, and when, and we see, I think that that's why the Alfred Molina scene is very important, right? Because this is her code. What, like, I had one of my questions is, what does she, what is she, what is her goal? What does she want? You know what is she trying to achieve and that and
0: she's trying to survive I, I personally like think that she's trying to as if as she's drinking to to numb the pain or taking drugs to numb the pain, this is her way to function with the trauma that she went through with her losing her friend and what her friend went through like that's how i I had yeah,
3: seen, like I think that's part of it, but I think also there's a point at which the Al Monroe plot comes into full effect and she Mm -hmm. starts to really go back. I think she is asking the world to, um, You know, she's this... You don't often, first of all, see a lot of films about sexual assault where the trauma and the main character um, is not the one who was actually assaulted themselves, but who was traumatized in the aftershock of being in relation with somebody who was... Which
0: I'm curious what you think, because I read a few articles that criticized the film for that, Mm. that found that very triggering, that it took the consent and the autonomy away from the person who was hurt, like, uh, who was actually assaulted. and you, and I, I you know when I watched it I didn't think of that it was interesting to I read did, that point but of I, view but but I have but to tell it.
1: you it's a, this is why it's a fiction like as a fiction film right narrative yeah. fiction film you think about story structure you talk about the film's structure and the very very slow reveal and the impact you want to have so a few things in mind Nina it is only the only time it is actually said that she is dead is when al monroe says it yeah nobody else says it so you're talking about a very slow reveal of something that you know is coming who says it when they say it you know so it's i think like sure that's a read on it but when you talk about structure and impact and what you're getting to the way that nina's story unfolds, when you hear about each piece of it that i mean i think it's built in that way to create a greater and greater impact um and, well, and uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, well but, I, sorry, but Robin, go ahead. <laughs> we keep well, cutting that's, you off. No, no, it's cool. We're terrible
3: hosts. But I think what is, um, what, what I was getting to earlier, and I think I want to bring it back around to the casting, and we haven't talked about Bo Burnham yet. Um, and so I think oh, she's fantastic. Who's he's so incredible good. and fantastic. Yeah. Um, but what I like about the film is that she is asking the world to like stop and remember this girl who has been harmed and who has been yeah. taken. And like, everyone moves on, everyone gets over it. Everyone thinks it's not a big deal, but she's like, no, I'm not over it. it's been years. It's still the defining moment of my life. Can somebody please acknowledge that? Can somebody please share in this pain with me? Because I'm the only one carrying it. And I think a lot of survivors of trauma and specifically assault feel that way, Mm that the onus is often on them to figure out what to do with their pain. And she is like asking the world to be like, no, you need to feel this too. We need to share in this. This is not something we can just like move on with our lives and like you know, not care about anymore. And so when she's met, when she's asking people and she's putting them on the spot and she's like, share this with me, like, you know, and they respond with, no, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't, I don't take on any accountability, you know, Um, that is that's why the Alfred Molina scene is so important because somebody finally says, no, I'm I'm hurt too. Like the
4: actions mm-hmm. that I've taken have well, and, hurt me and, as well.
0: And I didn't think of it as a code until Shy obviously related it to comic books. But I, I think that that's so crucial for us as the audience to understand her and have empathy for her because yeah. she, she, she's not just out to kill everyone or like on this rampage yeah. or to harm everyone. And she gives people, I I really admire in the writing and the structure of the film and the story, how she gives people multiple occasions to ask for remorse or forgiveness
3: or, you know. And I wonder, I think that that and is the Alfred Molina moment, like, did you guys feel like there's a part of her that wants to, that it could end here. I feel like she goes back to Bo Burnham. They have this little brief love affair where we think maybe she's finally allowing herself to move on in some respect. And then of course, you know, the reveal that he was there, um, and that he was complicit and that he, the ultimate nice guy, the guy that we as an audience have been suspicious of, but he's definitely won us over because we feel like he's won her and he, over,
0: and he won her over,
3: right, right. And and it turns out he is also that this toxic masculinity is inescapable. It's in the water. Every, it's like she's like, okay, no, there's no getting out of this, and she doubles right. down and she goes for it. Right.
2: So I I actually thought that I you know we have a habit of predicting movies. I was wrong about my prediction at the end, but I, I thought as soon as he was connected to all these other people. I was like, uh, oh, he's going to try not to be he's, involved and it's going to end with yeah. her killing him. I thought that was going to be the oh, end. That's interesting. I thought the end was going to be like that he wasn't going to make it out. But that's because at that point,
0: softy. I was like, oh, yay, she's found love. They're going to be fine. Me too. No, I
1: definitely, as soon like, as he said that he knew all of them, I was like, he was there. I didn't, he knows, I, you know, he knows I just, I didn't, I didn't. There.
0: You know, I should have seen, I'm just like the worst. So I didn't see, like, I just want to believe it so badly. <laughs> You're not to believe it. But, yeah, I'm a but, terrible optimist, but, but, but I, I, yeah.
2: But I will say, I'm not sure, you know, they the don't, ending. they leave you at the end of the movie. We'll get to the end later, but like, well, they need you at the end of the movie, movie. Unclear if the video is going to be publicly released and sent to everyone or just sent as evidence in this, sent as evidence in this trial. But even then her code really does, her code really does continue because she makes a deal with him to get the information that she wants to exact her revenge on Al Monroe. And she respects that deal to a certain degree with him, right? She, mm-hmm. she gives him an even opportunity he then later gets into trouble
0: with the police because he lied, that's his because problem. Because there's
2: evidence out there that he was involved right. in this, that's his problem. And, but she right. was not the one, like when the, the movie right. ends with her sending these messages, I kept waiting for the video to be sent. But the video wasn't sent. And to me, that yeah. further Well, she makes sends her... the phone
1: to Alfred Molina. Alfred
2: Molina. So then it can right. be evidence, right? But that's so much different than the the sort of like public okay, destruction so this is a great
0: this is a great way to take us to the end i, I want to go back at some point i like if you guys don't mind just a quick thing on the soundtrack at the end it's like a few words you can do on the soundtrack but i think the ending oh, i we love can't talking not... about the
2: music this is some right. of the best so, i'll just say this: is some of the best music is, i've ever seen so
0: we'll get to the music uh, after because i feel like this is just too you just you know alfred molina you brought us into the ending of the film so, um, Robin, you had said at first you didn't feel satisfied, maybe a little bit more. Is the ending have something to do with that? The ending is, is, a, is a, a big gut punch.
3: Yeah, and everybody who's listening, I'm assuming has seen this film. Oh, big spoiler! Oh yeah. Or, yeah, we like,
2: everyone who oh, listens yeah. to our show spoilers, knows there's yeah. not even a spoiler <laughs> warning we don't, on not We And show.
0: also we can't, you can't do a deep dive if, and the tip to around the ending of a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you
2: yeah. wanna to listen to one of those movie podcasts that's like really disciplined and stay up on the news, the Take Two podcast, there are good friends. Check out their podcast. They're really good at staying disciplined on these things. Not
3: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So the ending, I just didn't want her to be gone. I just, I, I had an emotional reaction to the fact that she yeah. dies. I, I really, and I, I, I kept wanting to be wrong. I kept wanting the film to for her to somehow be alive and for it not to be true. And I can wait know. for that moment to happen. And when it didn't happen and the film was over, I just this is not um I, I guess I wasn't experiencing it as a film aficionado or like whatever at that moment. I was just experiencing it as a pure emotional just like
0: which says uh, a lot about the film.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was just like no, really? No. I guess oh, oh you know and I couldn't accept it. I had a hard time accepting it. <laughs> well,
1: that- the messaging is hard it's I think it's also just that it's hard because of what she represents and is Are what is what this film telling me is that that there's no there's no chance for I mean that a happy end I guess a happy ending is accountability but that there was just no way for her to survive this like that is, I think that, I I've that read that a few has,
0: articles, and I think that's one. That the message. That's one take that I think several journalists have taken from it is that it, you know, at, positing is the message that she's too far gone in her obsession, her addiction, or that the trauma, only
1: way, the only way is, for Al Monroe to be held accountable is for her is the is like is for her to pay the ultimate price. Yes, that's so, the other way like, to like the think. other way to say it is yeah. that like the price he's that not, that, it, that a sur- I, that a trauma victim or a survivor has to pay is so much greater than the person who's committed it, you know? I, like more, that's more, what we're
2: I'm I'm more inclined on where Becky is at. So I I play the ending out in like three different potential endings that could have happened. Follow me here. Um and there's and I and I did like the ending, although believe it or not, I'm going to say I think this ending is actually quote unquote Happier. I almost thought it was like happier than I thought it was going to be at a certain point while still making the same message. And I'm not saying it was a happy ending, but it it had a certain closure. So there is a scenario whereby she traps Al Monroe and she carves Nina's name into his chest. Right. That's what she's planning to do, which, by the way, at that point, you're like, oh, she's going to kill this guy. She wasn't even going to kill him. She was she was just going to maim him, which he deserved. Um, and if it had ended there though, that would have. And I keep coming back to Tarantino because ever since we had Brie Williamson and Mike Roberts on, and Brie really went at Tarantino over the way he treats women, treats women. I, it's really mm-hmm. stuck with me. Um, and uh, at the end of Inglorious Bastards, right, what happens to the Nazi that gets away? They carve the swastika into his head, right? They kill Hitler. It's sort of like Uh, he has to live with the consequences and it's almost this like cartoony ending. And I'm like, and so that would have been satisfying because she wouldn't have killed and this guy would have to explain what he did and it would be kind of private. And then there's the ending that happened, which was like, it's almost like her plan was that the way I will, I will never get this guy on what he did to Nina. So I will have to- I think that's a
0: crucial point of the film, especially surrounding sexual assault.
2: So I'm not
0: going down for what he did to Nina. Right. Ever. It's not going
2: to happen. Even with the
0: video out there, even with the the court, whatever. Nina's dead. He's not going to ever be punished for what he did. And And I think that's crucial. And there's not enough
2: evidence and none of the people involved. So the only way I'm going to do it is I'm going to have to test him. Right. Test him. He has choices, too. He has choices. He doesn't have to kill her right right he's gonna test him right that that murder scene is so long i
1: really need to he's, talk about that scene as i have a he's, very important as he's question for you guys saying, why so are you doing this. as he's, yeah. Killing yeah. And he's saying why are you doing this to me right because he's and so as he's suffocating and, her and you're just like that's and, it that's, and so
2: that's, that's, that's her believe, like that's like her oh. no you know i almost think of like again i keep coming back to batman i don't know why but i'm like christopher nolan type surprised ending where like she like her or or i think uh, you know where she is going in and the plan is to sacrifice herself and i think to becky's point because like part of the message is is that no sometimes like people don't get better they don't carve the name in the stomach and like move on and life is okay the the ending though where she has the the like ultimate i got you like she sacrifices herself but she's sent the message to the police and the guy gets arrested on his wedding day and, and the other guy goes down and, and all of that. Um, what with angel in the morning playing, which was again, just absolutely just oh, genius, genius music. Genius. Um, and they were
0: going to, she was going to choose, um, Time of my life from Dirty Dancing, yeah. but mm. then it didn't sit well. I, I, there was something I, I, I that think didn't Angel sit in well, the Morning and was then like somebody proposed Angel perfect. in the Morning, and she was like, That's, that's perfect. it, that's the song.
2: And I think it's and the-
0: toxic going into that. Oh my, yeah. oh my, like, the, the string quartet of toxic so going into that. The
2: it's third, iconic. The, it's iconic. The we'll get third, to music in a second. The third potential <laughs> ending, though, that I thought of, that I'm not saying this is a better ending per se, but I think in some ways, like the darker ending that would be more consistent with the rest of that movie would have been that they got away with it. That yeah, they would right. have said, okay. this okay, woman wait. chained me up and tried to Here, attack me, and my, she was okay. crazy.
0: I, okay, I want to ask you a question. so it was self-defense. Okay, but that's, I think... Wh- okay, I want to pause on there for a second, because one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this with you guys was because it's, a, it's obviously a choice to... The, the whole murder scene and some uh, journals that I was reading was saying, why did we have to see it in real time? It takes a yeah. really long time to suffocate someone. Like, why did we need to see that in real you needed time? needed to see
2: that he really tried to kill her. And he I, could think to Robin's, I think
0: to Robin's point, we we were no longer, we're not film aficionados. We're not, you know, film producer We're, we're her and we mm-hmm. want to be near her. We want her to live on. And it's, we need to live that moment. Yeah. And you need to see what it takes. And this sort of like, yeah. this guy, isn't he a doctor?
1: Like, like he did, had so many, like, right. But now here's what my question. it really takes. To he's do it, yeah. chained,
0: he's chained to the bed. And she has a scalp on her hand. He does not know that she's not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, It is self-defense. He doesn't even feel bad about killing her. Mm -hmm. Like, you're making me do this to you because I'm defending myself. And she put herself in a... Like, I don't think she goes in there assuming she's going to die or wanting to die. I think she's prepared that if it comes to that, she'll die for this cause. But I think she would have been happy writing Nina and getting the hell out of there. It's just improbable. It was very likely that somehow it was going to go south. And so what if we take it a step further i think that there's some to me I, I i left like feeling like really bad like there's like a bad feeling about besides the fact that she dies which is terrible but also because i'm like oh my god he's now going to get like really expensive lawyers he's going to claim self-defense and he is not going to be held accountable for this and that no. is i think a, a message that stayed with me of like the
1: importance of we <laughs> There's so much way. we haven't talked about yet because there was a really important casting point I wanted to make, and we haven't even talked about music.
0: Okay, okay. Well, well oh, I just I'm getting I think we stressed. did a really good job. <laughs> if Robin has a few more minutes, we can do a few more. But, like, can, we can, can I just do... say? Can
2: I just say? But to my point, though, but is like, that, wait, that I you, wait, dark, wait, wait. horrible ending would have been consistent with what I think would have happened in real life, and would have further hammered home. But she's not like she's, real not, life... like, she's a
1: superhero. She's a superhero. Oh, well. I mean, well, I that's, guys, so
2: that's uh, why it's kind but, of a superhero movie.
1: But can I ask you? Right, because did, at any point did any of you guys
0: it. say, "But isn't isn't it a little bit self defense what he did?" No. At what point was he supposed to stop suffocating her, and then he's tied, and she gets up and then stabs him to death? Like, I I I want to know why Emerald Fennel made me put myself in his shoes. <laughs> Because I'm thinking mm. like, well, also my husband teaches self-defense like for a living. And so he's sitting next to me and he's like, well, she fucking went on him with a knife and he's tied to a bed. What is he, what is he supposed to do? He's going to kill her. Like she's stupid. And I was just like enraged. But then I was like, wait, that's the defense he's going to use in court. Oh no. And I was just like, and I was like, not that anyone
1: will know because he burnt the body.
0: So right. I don't
1: know how well it's going to work for him.
0: But but so yeah. then I was I was very curious that scene is so long and I feel like right. it because she really opens it up even to not just being about Cassie or whatever the, the Carrie Mulligan we then are then like getting roped into his like Becky you, like you said when he says why are you making me do this it's such a I find right. a very Make powerful moment
2: I think it's consistent throughout the movie though throughout Absolutely. the movie they go yeah. into the head of each of those guys for a moment to right. like. even
0: the even ryan ryan is that the boyfriend but is that his his name but Ryan. Mm -hmm. even him you know when he's when he's so apologetic to her like oh my god it was so long ago i'm so sorry and then he's like fuck you like crazy bitch or whatever you're (laughs) just like what oh my god like guys are assholes and like how well do you really know anyone and i'm like turning looking at my husband being like oh my god like i i need to like talk this out like this was it was so intense (laughs) so intense um yeah
3: I I think the death scene or the murder scene or the self-defense scene or the scene in which she dies how you know there's it's a lot of things in one I think to me it was to show how clearly he perceived her as utterly and completely disposable um that like I just need to snuff this out I just need to get rid of this and, Absolutely. and suddenly the film, a film in which we have been so intimately tied to her journey. Um, we're in her, we're, we're in her bedroom with her as she's like plotting the next like thing that she's going to do. Like her we made are with tutorials her the entire like, time. And
2: yeah. then
3: suddenly she is just gone. Like she is just snuffed out. He has literally silenced her both, you know, physically and metaphorically. metaphorically. And the film just has you sit with that. And just as you sit with the fact that this person that you've been sort of on this journey with is, uh, you know, not perceived as worth life to this other person. And to me, that's, there's a startling um, tonal shift that happens with that scene and suddenly feel, things feel very real. And, you know, there's a sort of sense of the heightened reality for me sort of like started to ebb at that moment. And I felt like that was the point um and you know funnily enough shy was talking about this film with a friend yesterday and she said the exact same thing you did about the ending she said she loved the film she wishes that it had ended with him getting married and not being held accountable and because that would be consistent with you know the fact that these things happen all the time and there's never accountability and right. um I think that would have been really hard. I mean, the film was already really hard for me. But
2: like the, the thing about the, I, but I think there's room
3: I, the, for that. I still,
0: unfortunately, think there's room for that. The yeah. thing that
2: right, right, he the, the, could right. still write right. in the court case epilogue. He could still, right. he's going to get which a good lawyer. Which is scary. And,
0: which is scary. And, and his
2: that. friend, who's a garbage person, is going to be a witness. And like you know, right. you, you still never know. The um, the right. the part though that I come back to, which is which which makes me more okay with the ending, or makes me feel, is that. I feel like part of what her motivation was at the beginning of the movie wasn't revenge. It was to teach the, like to, to, to teach lessons. Right. There was a certain amount of protecting mm-hmm. future yeah. people, like, Oh, you're never going to do this again. I hope. Right. Um, or they'll think twice at least. Um, and I think the movie serves that purpose too, because if, if I were to show this to a young man, like ideally they would have gotten the message anyway. But the consequences, the consequences come up uh, for the villains really matters.
0: And I think also it opens a very important conversation for young men and young women, like what you're saying, and especially with your uh, film project and museum project, Robin, what is a bad guy? Like what, you know, like, you know, are these are these bad people, inherently bad people? Is this something that maybe a good friend of yours or mine has done at a party, but you love that person and you have no idea, obviously, that they've done this? Like, you know, and then we started, we, I have two boys and my yeah. mom was like, this movie was really hard for Becky. You don't understand. She has girls. And I was like, lady. I think it's hard for her.
1: I think it should be hard for her. And, 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 and I was
0: like, and I was like, lady, I'm a girl. So <laughs> I watched it as yeah. a woman and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have boys I was like I I have to raise these children these boys to not just know that this is bad but know that if somebody else does this like the the Bo Berman's uh, his character's a great guy right great guy he just was there
1: right and there's so many lines bystander intervention that's like a whole. Right. Other and like I form think of that, education, and like I think other that branches all of is that is part this. of this film. A, 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 this an movie, the, one,
2: one of the most, a, a
1: that's why Nick said One of the most film. important things Expert, this movie brings
2: into the conversation is the part about bystanders.
1: By, bystander intervention. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. So, so, um And then, and then another important moment, like one of my favorite. Oh, wait, we can get to that in a second. Wait, I just want to talk about one quick thing that I exactly. brought up yeah. over text in, in the casting, which is Laverne Cox as not her confidant, but you would say a person that she trusts someone or someone that she feels safe with, Like It's her boss at the coffee shop, but it's clearly the coffee shop. And this woman is a place that she is comfortable and safe. And I wanted to bring that up in particular, because I don't think it was accidental that Laverne Cox was cast, that a trans woman was cast as the safe space. Because you know, bigots would have us believe, and one of the horrible, you know, lies that is told is that trans women are dangerous, that they will attack you in a bathroom, that it's just uh, predators looking for an opportunity, and there's uh, nothing more offensive and insane than that line of thinking. And so I think I, I think it was, or I'd like to believe it was purposeful, that a very famous high-profile trans woman um, actress is cast as that one place that she actually clearly does feel like this like her version of herself that she is safe and it's with is with this woman um so i did want to bring that up and also i think i mean i can't recall exactly because i watched it a little while ago i think it's also the only black person Person the only black person of color black random this was actually something no, that, was Sam, um, <laughs> that, oh no, is, from yeah, Sam Richardson. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Sam, Richardson, yeah. Sam, Richardson yeah. Sam Richardson.
0: That's right. Also, so back. you know, it's a little. Uh, yeah. I I think that um I totally agree with you, and I think that's amazing. That I think out. we can't also like I would you know, I would say that there's some there is other people have found issues with um the fact that like the only like this main character this person that's so important is very one dimensional in the film. Oh yeah it's so the, I it's the biggest failure failure I think. right is like sort of we know nothing about her she's the owner of this shop but like it's very just like a few like one-liners she's just there for cassie's support and like that's the i would say like a negative to the film if we have to pick yeah. one um yeah and then also at the same time i may destroy you came out my god Incredible. Mm-hmm. and and that's a series um with uh it's there are three main well there's uh main black people of color characters and so um or like the the three main people on the show and that is extensively about uh sexual assault and revenge um and it didn't even it got didn't get a, a tenth of the acknowledgement that promising young woman got and it wouldn't have been i haven't i film, haven't seen but it, yet, it but it would I've have been for it golden it's... globes or an emmy and I don't believe it was nominated for anything. Um, it's,
3: yeah, it's one of the best it, things I've seen in
0: a year. I've heard it's phenomenal. Not nearly acknowledged as promising young woman, and that's a problem. Not that we have to get into it, but you know, and that's not Emerson's it is wor- it is worth a mention. Mulligan's this- fault, but it it just sort of I think that we can't mention one without the other.
2: The award system. Yeah, on a separate note, because I mean, it's bullshit. We always slam the awards. The award system is basically over. Right. Like I'd much ra- I'm more interested in a single except a if Robin wins of- an
0: Oscar than we're saying- <laughs> no, I
2: mean, I like to see people like, win awards, but the awards. awards as this like definitive system is over. Like it sucks when people aren't awarded, but like at this point, I'd much rather hear a recommendation for a great show from someone I really respect and I and give them the I told you show that you turn me on to this show and they get that award from this show then then like care if they win some like you know random category i I mean it's night i don't think like you know it's it's fun to talk about the snubs and stuff but like award shows have discredited themselves so much in the last especially the last decade that like
3: yeah Yeah. Um, but there are gains to be made with award shows if people who are you know, historically not given the opportunity, if people of color women are starting to win mm-hmm. more awards and their work is starting to get more recognized, like that's something that's positive that can come. Yeah,
1: um, More I mean, people
3: can start watching that, th- that work. Those people can get the next job and the next job and the next job and it starts to build sustainability in an industry that is just like incredibly hard to build sustainability, especially if you're a young person of color trying to make it. So I do think if the awards, if, if only that can be what starts to happen, that they right. can be used as a sort of um, a tipping point of a spear to like put us in a new direction, that, that could be positive. Sweet. That would be
2: wonderful. That would give them a, a, a real purpose.
1: Yeah. That would give awards a purpose. Oof. Agreed. It would give awards a purpose. Wait, I can I ask one quick question before we, I'm sure we're going to have to like wrap up in a minute. I want to know which of the, like, which was your favorite takedown of each of you? Slash like music moment, and we'll weave in music that way. Fine. I'm I can go first because I obviously have my answer if everyone's having needs to take a moment. Yeah. No? Yeah? Uh, okay. I, uh... My go, favorite, go shy. No, I was gonna say, no, I don't
2: have I'm a favorite. You know, I usually am the first one to be like, let's play favorite kill of the movie because, and that's what I'll do for um, Ready or Not or Evil Dead or anything like that. I can't, when do the ground this explodes movie, in Ready or Not.
0: That's the I, best one. I, I, yeah, I
2: can't, that's pretty I, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make light of any of the, of the, well, of I'm the, not
1: making light of it. Don't turn me into that. I don't mean like, no, 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 for me, I'm, I'm, not, mean, so I'm like,
2: not turning you into anything. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't turn you into anything. It's just hard for me <laughs> on this particular Great, movie. Becky, you
0: don't like have any feelings for women who get assaulted.
1: Thanks. No. Whoa. You're, no. yeah. Can you edit that part out? I, that joke. It that's not, book, It's that not a joke. Saying I'm saying that. I
2: was saying that for me. I can't do saying. a favorite one. What I but I also didn't finish what I was saying, which was like number one. The musical moment of the movie although we had this whole conversation about the the ending really was angel of the morning because i think it's just like the perfect the perfect coming together of every element of the movie comes in also have
0: you read the lyrics to that song
2: and very and then and, and i think as far as takedowns you know that moment when finally you're given some release uh in terms of the people who like there's no right like you are not a witness to what happened not that you don't believe her but if you don't believe women and you don't believe what happened throughout this whole movie you at least saw him murder and then go with his friend and burn her body so there is no question about the fact that there, there we're all now much.
0: witnesses we
2: are now witnesses. what happened so yeah. him getting his comeuppance to me was the the most satisfying of those moments
0: because even if he doesn't go to jail his life is somewhat ruined
2: yeah that was just, it was very it was it was satisfying to see that um so that's what i'll that's what i'll go with
1: okay. connie britton for me the dean because Ooh. because the most frustrating the conversation she has with the dean is like what you hear is like what you hear on loop for the outcomes of so many of these cases, but well, we don't want to ruin the life of a, of a good young man, like a good young boy, you know, we don't want to ruin his life just based on some allegations, like always trying to protect these people. And then, and that line of thinking and the, like her script that she has. And the truth is, I think for so many people, these issues aren't real until all of a sudden you're affected by it. And it happens to someone, you know, and you love. And the threat that it could be her daughter, all of a sudden it becomes very real. And I think not just for assault, but for so many issues out in the world, we, what documentary film does, we, you know, as Robin knows, is that it builds empathy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is so severely lacking in our society is empathy and so for this woman until she can until it's happening to her she can sympathize all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh this is my this could be my child now all of a sudden it switches and she understands the stakes Mm -hmm. and so for me that was like the most important takedown moment but like teach like the you know teach a moment in it she does something highly unethical
0: to to achieve that moment she basically kidnaps a young girl. Well, she doesn't put her in harm's way. She no, her but I mean, I, I think it's a crucial to the film because it's also like, and, and what she does to Alison Bree But
1: it, her goal it, isn't know, to harm the daughter. No, her goal no, is it, it to isn't. It, it just sort woman
0: of, she's, I think it's also so important as she's slowly building towards that ending. Like she's slowly right. pushing. So this That is was not the this, most, you know. Yeah.
1: That was actually I think the that, most impactful yeah. one for me of all of the
0: I've been watching Connie Britton, and yeah. also it's important that it's Connie Britton who doesn't love Tammy Taylor. Like, like, come on! I think it's really important that it was her that was cast. I was great. We, I adore her. She can do no wrong. And then when she's sitting there backpedaling, you're just like getting, like, feeling like, oh god! Like, how many girls have sat and listened to that? Yep. Somebody tell them that. We're so many. I think that that yeah, it's, it's totally. It's a great.
3: Yeah. And I would say. Well, I just want to say from a filmic perspective, the first one, the Adam Brody one is just Mm. shot and executed perfectly. Um, That angle that they, they have, I think it's a, it's like a high angle looking down on her on the bed and the moment where she snaps to and everything coming together in that moment where it's kind of like, it's a superhero movie. It's a monster movie. It's, it's everything in that moment. And I feel like it's, an incredible beginning to the story and introduction to the themes and like introduction to who this person is. And it's surprising. And then she's that jelly donut to her,
0: like- Is that the hot dog or the hamburger? It's a jelly donut. I think, you I think it's a jelly, jelly donut. donut.
3: And it's, yeah, plays with this idea top. of blood, you know, but it's, um, it's you know, what? it's perfectly introduces it's like, what is really going on here and this sort of, the layers of deception that she's engaged with, that the film is also engaged with, in terms of playing with our perceptions and our sort of, our own natural audience member inclinations to think, oh, she's killed him, or, oh, there's been a violent act occurred, or, oh, and, and, and then it's it's just a little nod with the jelly donut, well, it's I, so I think that, brilliant. Um,
0: I think that it's like, also, there's some suspense Until until you're sure that it's food that she's eating. Like, you're like, oh, my God, did she just, like, kill him? (laughs) Like, is this what I'm signing up for when I'm watching this movie?
3: And I was surprised with my thirst for blood. Like, I was like, I I don't know what it says about me. Oh, that's interesting. And my own sort of, like, but I was totally fine and would have still loved her and been with her on this journey if she was murdering these men. (laughs) Um, I thought it was interesting (laughs) that I... (laughs) <laughs> I was okay with that. In some, in some regard, I still wanted that. Even upon second viewing, I almost wanted there to be mm-hmm. an alternate ending where she does end up exacting physical violence. Um, and I think that's interesting too, that the film sort of flirts with that inclination that we have, that desire that we have to see that type of revenge take place. Um, clearly- a, lot of, a
2: lot of movies have done that and do that. So the, what I think it brings to the table is that it doesn't. But yeah. I think it doesn't change our desire to see that happen, yeah. right? Like yeah. that part of what makes this movie so awesome is is that it is not that, but it's not like it's not like we haven't enjoyed many a movie like that that, yeah. or I haven't. And, I, I enjoy a good revenge
0: and um movie. and obviously it's amazing, poignant, non-ironic, ironic soundtrack. Which, oh my God. Yes, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The Paris Hilton. The scene. Paris Hilton is quite um, just adding on another layer of how like women are taken advantage of in society and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, Brilliant. Okay. So to wrap up, um, Shai, do you want to do the wrap up since I did the movie and Becky did the beginning?
2: And well, we, all, yeah, sure. So our last section of and, the show is always yeah. our recommendations and our shout outs and so this is where we talk about what we've been watching make recommendations uh becky what about you what have you been watching
1: oh so i got i, I got my like second vaccine last week and i was very
4: very ill
1: um and i have a great rex rx for anyone they're if they're sick and they need something like really comforting to watch i watched all of the new mighty ducks tv show on disney plus oh my god it's <laughs> it like the perfect show to watch for a sick day it's, it's so much fun
2: cute and amelia you
1: was know, in it is he it is in it yeah He's in every, episode. every episode hasn't lost every a step episode so it was oh. you know that was great so uh yeah that's my recommendation and then a, a recommendation slash shout out very appropriate to this episode um, a film I've talked about before on the pod and So I Stayed, um, which is about uh, 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 women who are survivors of domestic violence who, um, killed, their, who killed their abusers in self-defense and are, and are serving extremely lengthy prison sentences. So, a documentary film about that is going to be premiering uh, soon at the Brooklyn Film Festival. So uh, you can buy online tickets if you are in the area. I believe they're actually having some in-person screenings. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, so yeah, so shout out to to that film, and I and I do recommend it because I have been lucky enough to uh, to see it already. Um, yeah, that's it. And you can follow me on Twitter at paper bk princess.
2: All right, Lil. I am. What are the, you watching?
1: I uh, Crazy Ex
0: Girlfriend. So if you're also going through some tough times, what episode uh, show... are you on? Um, uh, like, like where season, are you? You're season, you're season two, or season two? Okay. I told you, yeah, like in the middle, okay. Of season so, you're in the middle of season two. All right. Um, and uh so much of yeah, the that, journey to go that show, like, weirdly is super annoying and makes no sense, but somehow just gets into your brain and your heart.
2: Rachel and Bloom is a genius,
0: she is, yeah. serious she is forced to be reckoned with. That, that woman, my god, um extremely talented so i'm enjoying that and then like i my mother-in-law's here so we had to watch something like that's horribly like scary and horror related because she's obsessed with horror movies so is my husband so they got me starting to watch this like spanish show on hbo espania i don't know if you guys have it at home about like supernatural like satan that kind of like baby antichrist being born in a pueblo or something called third i would guess it'd be like 30 coins in english anyways i if you're into that you can look it up it's no every not. famous no, no, thank actors. you yeah Moving it's not it's not on. becky's cup of tea but i, oh, I have a show for me. you guys oh. to
2: watch it's about these people in a small town who get possessed by demons and
0: oh, as a ton it.
2: of blood, and it <laughs> okay, has one okay. of the coolest actresses in Dana DiLorenzo, yet you don't watch it. I
1: will Makes watch it. Robin. Should I give your 200? Oh, Robin first. Robin. Right,
3: okay. Um, I have two shows that I want to recommend. One, we. It's, you know, a British show, so you can watch it all in one night, only six episodes. It's on, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Frank of Ireland. Oh, I really a, wanted to see it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's an Irish oh, comedy. it's good. I just really, needed one person really to wreck. Thank you. Really That's good. Crazy. Yeah. Brian Gleeson and Dom Hall Gleeson. Um, and it's just, oh, a, cool. it's, you know, it's a, de- it's a sh- comedy. It made me laugh out loud, um, which. I I literally, as soon as a new comedy comes on the scene, it's the first thing I consume. So it's really nice when they are good. Um, So I recommend that. And then I also recommend Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max with Kate Winslet, which I have really really been enjoying that show. Yes. Um, It's been a while since I've had a show that I'm actually watching in real time and I have to wait a Mm. week and like experience a story like we used to in the olden days when episodes were withheld from us um, and it's and it's really I mean she's just a fucking incredible actress she's just she's one of my favorites so and it's a really well executed show so I recommend it
2: don't mess with the holiday Lily and Becky <laughs> she's a treasure
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's awesome that's great I love that Frank of Ireland I that, that and Damal Gleason. I'm on a big Domal Gleason like kick so I'm really psyched oh really are out. you You'll yeah, like it. he was in. He was oh in. Oh my god, is
3: that Mary? Holy he shit! He was.
2: He was in. Um. He was in the incredibly stu- whatever the movie about the guys from National Lampoon. He was so genius in that movie. He completely disappeared into the character that he played. He was perfect in that movie. Um. So he's also um, good
3: in the Star Wars movies. He yeah. Really good yeah. Star
2: Wars. Yeah. Yeah. They like th- they they did his and his character and I, dirty, I liked- but he was great. <laughs>
0: I liked him in the, the that movie with uh, Rachel McAdams. About time! About time! I, and I and even he was adorable
2: Peter Rabbit, which is garbage. He's he he holds that movie together. So, um, anyways, Domhnall Gleeson, underrated actor from playing I'm like so a, glad. I'm so a glad random Weasley,
3: because I've been wanting to
2: right. Wasn't he a Weasley?
3: Yeah, he, he was. was also in Ex Machina, which
0: I think he was very oh, good. That, he was Machina. so good. That's one of my favorite movies, I think. I love yeah, that movie. It's an
4: incredible film. Really? Yeah.
2: So on my list, because unlike my sisters, I somehow find a way You to care watch.
0: about this podcast. I just, watch I work stuff. hard
2: for it every week. Um, Wipe Out with Nicole Byer and John Cena. I don't <laughs> care how many times they show me the same course, those two are amazing and hilarious. And my kids and I, we watch that with my wife and we are dying laughing. And what's hilarious is they the amount of double entendres about the big balls that they do. And I find it on another level so funny that I'm watching with my kids who don't get the jokes. It's just, uh, it's amazing. It's it's like a, it's, it's a joy every time we watch it. We save to watch the whole episodes together. We started yesterday. Yesterday with the kids, we had to interrupt. But the kids finished it. Lovable family comedy. I got to tell you, family. I told ne- you. Netflix, it's like a nineties movie. I, I am very critical of Netflix's bigger action movies because they are unwatchable and no one puts any effort into it. But their smaller comedies, particularly their family comedies, have consistently been pretty solid. And yesterday goes in there clearly. The math people did. The algorithm was like let's make a movie for all of the people who love 13 going on 30 that are now moms who have a lot of mom guilt about not being fun enough and i like turned and looked at my wife and i was like like you and uh, let's make a movie all about that and it was lovable well, like wonderful, a, a
0: super hot like spanish husband well spanish <laughs>
2: husband but also he, that particular guy is very Rufalo esque and so he they're like, we can't r- afford Ramirez? Ruffalo. So isn't let's he, get like a like,
0: Ramirez, what is his
2: name? This could have, I don't remember the name of the actor, but uh, Edgar, he was adorable. Edgar he was, Ramirez. he was adorable. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, let's make it Ruffalo-esque so that people feel like it's a sequel to 13 and going on 30 without saying it. And Jennifer Garner is amazing in it. Jennifer Garner crushes in comedy and uh, she's awesome. Uh, I went back in the Wayback Machine. I love when all the streaming services that we're paying for have like old movies that I wish I had rented when I was younger. But there's a movie that our dear friend via Twitter, person who's been listening to the show from the very beginning, old Gato, Gato has always loved the movie Summer Rental with John Candy. And I think he's even tweeted about it before. And so I saw it pop up. I watched it an hour and 25 minutes about a stressed out, overworked dad going to rent like it like the equivalent of an airbnb for a summer with his family and like all of the stuff that goes on and i say this on the precipice of us going to the beach and becky's at the beach right now and i just it was i don't know how they made this movie in the sense that like it's so uneventful as far as movies goes like the stakes are so low the stakes in this movie at the end of the movie is that they have to leave their airbnb a week early like that's what the big like thing that they have to overcome a challenge for But I loved it. It was really for an
0: 80s movie. You'd think there'd be like,
2: yeah, it was, it was, and it wasn't raunchy. I, a lot of John Candy's movies are, are kind of on the raunchier side. Even Who's Harry Crumb has some like dirty stuff. Nope, this was just like a sweet, cute movie. But if my kids watched it, they'd be bored out of their mind because not much happens. Um, but I loved it. Then uh, my Rex Rx for a stressful week was starting. Rex Rx, by the way, Robin, is when you, you have a prescription of a right Rex Rx prescription for an ailment. And this has really just been a, you know, kind of a crazy week. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Girls 5 Eva with Allie. That's on I, Peacock. I
0: Rex Rx did that to you. Yes,
2: yes, yes. You get, I mean, you Rex Rx did. Thank you. You're Busy welcome. Phillips. Who mm. knew, I didn't know. I don't know much Paula about Sarah Borealis, but she is... Mm. Paul Absolutely Callen. awesome in this. And um uh, uh Goldsbury, first name, I believe, uh is, is fantastic. Renee
0: from Hamilton.
2: Um is, is, is fantastic. So uh there I, I think it's really funny. It, it delivers exactly on its promise. It's really funny. It's easy to it's, it's like it's easy to watch. Muscle Shoals, a documentary from quite a few years ago about the Muscle Shoals recording studio. This is I I think we talked about Rumble last week. Muscle Shoals is another good one about. And you of,
0: work a full time job and another job and this podcast and another podcast. I'm just yes. saying.
2: Um, <laughs> M- Muscle Shoals. I watched in installments. It was really cool, interesting to learn about the Swampers, the musicians who who were the backing bands for recordings for Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, and then later Bob Seger and Traffic. Anyways, it was good, but it was a little too long. Like it was longer than I like Rumble, the one about the. Um, uh, the the, the, the one native about american the native american contribution to rock and roll music yeah. i couldn't like i hung on every minute of it muscle shoals is a similar type of documentary about totally different i mean it's about white guys but but it's just it's a little slower there's a lot of shots of like a guy like plowing his fields with his tractor rumble has a lot more in it but both these are both two really good rock Docs that i've seen lately and then a huge shout out to our dear friend former formerly a guest on this show recently jenny ann hockberg had a recurring role on blue Buds season finale and got a chance to see her play charlotte and um i got to watch those two episodes on friday night i believe and uh jenny's awesome so people should keep keeping track of jenny and her career um and uh check out if I check out blue bloods at least the last two episodes and uh she's awesome and with her, her she's she's great um and with that uh, you can follow me at pancake and the number four table pancake four table on twitter and instagram you can follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie um, or FridayNightMoviePod.com. Please join our family in supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Equal Justice Initiative, and the Asian American Journalists Associations, three really important organizations doing incredibly important things for our democracy. And with that, the theme music will kick in in post production. It is by What Does It Eat? Check out all the songs on Spotify and iTunes and other places that. Music. And uh, a huge thank you to Robin Kopp for being an amazing thank guest. So I already can't wait to have you back. <laughs> thank you, Robin. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be willing thank to do you. it.
3: Oh yeah, this is so much fun. Yeah. Let's do one where we talk about really fun superhero, uh, <laughs> like totally fluffy pan, you know, I was gonna yes. say pan- pancake movies, because you mentioned pancake, but I meant popcorn,
2: but pancakes on the brain now. You're, you're, you're
3: Sorry, on the right now.
2: <laughs> I've, I've, I'll bring a whole meal to the Thank you so much for being here. Bye, guys. Thanks, Robin.
1: Bye. bye. bye.